What is up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing. Of course, with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is up? How Not are you? much. Doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, another another day, you know, in the grind, talking racing as the, you know, seasons are all basically at an end, coming to a close. We got, we got the midgets. A couple more weekends with the midgets, so we'll talk about that. So uh, sad. Today. That I know. time of the year. <laughs> it is, it is. But we do got the indoor stuff coming up, so um do got, well, do got take, that to look forward to. Take up for it. Yeah, yeah. Gateway and and uh Chili Bowl are always are always fun. We'll have a big um Chili Bowl episode. I'm actually I'll have to see because I don't know how it works, man. I tried doing research on it for the the championship race for the cup series. And I don't know exactly how it works where we could do like a live stream of the like, you know, us watching it and commenting on it live while it's going on. But I don't know how it works with the rights and all that stuff. Like like there's certain things that we can and can't do. And last thing I want to do is get sued by Mav TV or something. <laughs> For a violation yeah. of copyright, so <laughs> so if I can get that figured out, maybe we'll do something like that. But anyways, bunch of stuff to talk about. As this, like I said, the seasons are wrapped up. Uh, we did have some news that came out, as obviously uh, the off season for NASCAR is underway, and uh, a couple of interesting things came out this last week uh, with driver announcements. Um, one of them we kind of already knew was happening. The other one we didn't know for sure. We were waiting to see on that so we'll talk about that in hit or miss and then we've got our uh you know USAC midgets to wrap up and uh yeah couple couple potential changes coming to the the next gen car but before we dive into that hit or miss aspect of the show so yesterday I sent Keith a message just saying hey I want you to come up with you know three ways that you could improve nascar so if you were the if you were the the boss of nascar and you had a magic wand and you could just poof change it right what would what would your three wishes be right the nascar genie pops out the pops out the lamp and you get to make three wishes what are they and uh, the reason why i i came up with that idea is you know kind of what i'm going to open the show with today because for those of you who listen to the Dale Jr. download you know that Brian France was on with Dale Jr. Now I'm, I don't want to spoil the interview or, or give you know a bunch of it away if you haven't listened to it and you are obviously a, a NASCAR fan even if you don't listen to the Dale Jr. download I would recommend you listen to that episode just because there's a lot of stuff that they talk about because let's be honest Brian France is not somebody with uh that most NASCAR fans hold in high regard. Um, the way most NASCAR fans look at him, uh, especially those who, you know, had been around for a while, you know, if, even if you're just like me and Keith, where, you know, you're talking late 80s through the 90s, 2000s, and then Brian France comes along, uh, you know, he, to us, he was like the the spoiled rich kid where, you know, grandpa and 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 daddy build up this thing and then it's handed to you know, the heir to the throne and he just destroys it, right? Like that's the way he was looked at. And um, some of that is definitely warranted in my opinion, but there's some of it that isn't. And there was some things that he said that um, kind of resonated with me. And the reason why is for all the stuff that NASCAR is trying to do, there's still some stuff that they, in my opinion, can't seem to get right. And it begs the question, will they ever, for lack of a better term, get their shit together in this in this regard? Because we talked about it at the beginning of the year when I talked about the one of the greatest things that has ever happened to Formula One racing um, was the show on Netflix, you know, Drive to Survive. And the way that they did that show, the way that it humanized the drivers and you got to know the people, it got regular everyday people who were who never seen a Formula One race in their life. It turned them into fans, hardcore fans, where I know of dozens of people 
who didn't even know who Michael Schumacher was that now do not miss a race when F1's racing. And some of those people, you know, they're out here on the West Coast like me. You're talking about waking up at three, four o'clock in the morning to watch an F1 race that's being run over in Spain, right? Like it, it's like serious commitment. And that show was a big driving factor of it. Now, NASCAR has done kind of their version of it with this whole drive to the championship thing. I haven't watched it. And it's awesome that they're doing that um, because I've heard people who have watched it say that they've done a really good job with it. And it's been really cool to see kind of the other side of the drivers. And so on that front, it's amazing. But the one thing that they seem to still be dropping the ball on in my opinion, and keep in mind, I'm not some expert in this, but I've spent a decade doing it, so I do have some knowledge in it, is there at, is the whole presence when it comes to social media and the internet and getting stuff out there to bring more people in. And one of the things that I saw that drove me absolutely nuts was when we had championship weekend and you're seeing on youtube for example clips popping up of you know ty gibbs the last few laps at phoenix winning the championship or joey logano right clinching the championship and you're watching these clips on youtube and the video is not that great right the audio is okay it's not what you would expect for a, a company like nascar right and keep in mind these aren't clips that some average joe put up on their youtube channel these are from the official this is the official nascar page and it drives me nuts that they have not figured this out because i think for all the time that they spend trying to bring in more fans and attract more people their greatest product which is the freaking race itself they do very little in my opinion to highlight this and show what it could be or what it is right it's at its you know greatest potential to see you know for example the clip of ross chastain right at martinsville that should have been everywhere and that should have been done on you know nascar's page right that should be done not at you know 24 frames a second in 720p like are you kidding me i mean that for those of you guys who don't know like you know we're talking about that that's considered high debt you know hd right i remember i don't know 15 20 years ago when hd was considered a big deal right like i remember that that was a long long time ago now when i can watch an f1 clip right in damn near 4k at 50 frames a second and it's crystal clear and you can see the actual movement and speed of the cars and everything goes together because it's been done professionally. It's incredible. You see a three minute clip and you're like, dude, I want to see that race. When I see what was one of the greatest, if not the greatest moves we've ever seen in all of NASCAR. And I can't find the clip. And when I do find it, it's somebody who recorded it with their cell phone on their television. That is horrible. That it, It's just unacceptable. And NASCAR's push to grow and get their fans back and do all this stuff. There's so many ways that they could be improving it and doing it in a way that's not going to cost them millions and millions of dollars or make it to where they don't have to, I don't know, redesign the format, right? Come up with all these different ideas and we should expand the playoffs and do all this other bullshit where all they need to do is present the product in a way that will attract people to it. And for some reason, they cannot seem to get that right. And it just drives me nuts when I can literally put together a better video clip on my PC at home than what NASCAR does, that drives me nuts. And I, there, you guys are probably listening to me like, like really, this is your your big pet peeve, but it's such a stupid thing, right? There are kids with phones doing better TikTok videos than NASCAR is. That's unacceptable. And 
this, this, what got me going was this interview listening to Brian France because he talked about how he thinks, you know, his, the moves with the stage racing and the playoffs and how it's, you know, they keep comparing NASCAR to a freaking stick and ball sport when it's not, it's not racing is not a stick. And, it's not the NFL. It's not major league baseball. So stop trying to compare it to that. Stop trying to become something you are not to grow the sport when all you need to do is highlight what you have. And for all of the things that we talk about, how what NASCAR could do to improve, it's really sad that we've got something so simple right in front of us. I say we, I'm not a part of it, but it, it it's right there in front of us. And it just crushes me that this sport that I've loved for so long, you know, stopped watching it because it just lost its way. And I've gotten back into it these last few years with a lot of hope towards it, right? This last season, there was a lot of good stuff that happened. And to me, they're missing an opportunity to really accomplish something when it comes to bringing people back or growing the sport, especially when it's something that can be done so easily and so simply. And it just drives me nuts. It just drives me nuts. So Keith, that's my big rant, but I want to hear before we do hit or miss, I want to hear what are your ways NASCAR could improve? So my, my three things that I thought about last night and this morning, they're, they're simple and they might, they might cause some people to look at it and be like, why would you want to do that? But one of them I, I would love to see happen is take the damaged vehicle policy away. The damaged clock. I would like to see that go back to how it was before. No clock at all. I, I, I'm i not a big fan of the damage clock. I get why they have it. I understand it, but I, I just don't like it. Me personally, I don't like it. That would be one of the first things that I got away from. Um, Which is a simple uh, fix. <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. Um, some people like it. Some people don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. I I miss the days of watching a NASCAR race where you'll see a car running around without a front end on it at Martinsville per se, or, or at a Bristol. Um, second thing I would like to do, and, and this one's easy too, and I don't get why they don't do it. I would like to start these races at racetracks without lighting earlier in the day, not at three o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock. You have rain coming in. You know it's not going to get all the way. The racing going to even make it to halfway. I, I like to push them races back to 1 o'clock start times, 12 o'clock if possible. Um, so that way you don't have to deal with fighting sunlight, a potential weather delay if you need one. Um, I just think it's asinine that they start these races so late in the day at racetracks without lights. Granted, yes, they've got them all in, but if you recall, New Hampshire, two years ago, Eric Almarola won it because they shortened the race by 10 laps because it was getting dark. Yeah. These are all things that they can avoid. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I and to add to that, I missed the days of the race starting earlier in the morning and going into the afternoon where the track made significant changes i thought that i always thought that was one of the cool things about it where they had to really you know you had to not only um set the car up to where it was going to be fast when the race started but you had to have adjustability in the car to where you could stay ahead of the track the track changes you know i always thought that was cool when they had that you know the race would start at 10 o'clock in the morning right it's 75 degrees outside by the time they got to the middle and the end of the race it's noon one o'clock and it's 90 you know like i always like that so i'm with you on that and, and then my last thing um that i would like to change or see changed or improved is is these cars on short tracks and road courses um and not only that but 
What blows my mind is you have Ross Chastain, like you said, make an amazing move at Martinsville. And you don't, they didn't cover it as good as I thought they would have. But by golly, when Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson got in that fight, it was everywhere, plastered everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, Las Vegas Motor Speedway was using it as a headline for next season. Yep. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to fix a little bit of the promotion sides. I would like to lower ticket prices for one. It It is hard for middle to lower class Americans, fans of these sports to go to these events, go to these races. Ticket prices are through the roof. I get it. Inflation, this, that, and the other, but I, I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. Cause then it just it'll piss me off for the rest of the yeah. day. Um, <laughs> But ticket prices is one thing. Uh, concession prices at these racetracks, I don't think they should be as much as they are. Like $32 for a cheeseburger and fries at Phoenix is, is mind-blowing. I can't name five people that I know that could truly afford to eat like that at a racetrack. No. Um, and that's where I would love for NASCAR to reach out to these dirt tracks to see how they're doing it. As far as the lower prices, because they do. Dirt tracks do it all the time. Eldora. Yes. I pat Eldora on the on the back every day. Their ticket prices are fair. Their concession prices are cheap enough where you can feed your family there. Almost cheaper than what it would cost to eat at a McDonald's. That's just mind-blowing. And and I get it. Everybody can say, well, Tony Stewart owns a racetrack. Them, them prices have been like that for a very long time. Up till before Tony took it over. Yes. Um, I would like to see the sport go more blue collar. I'm with you the on that. Blue collar folks, and and nah, I'm not saying tickets need to be five, ten bucks, but three hundred dollars for a ticket to for one person is just crazy. It just, yeah, it's too much. It is. Um, you know, and and we can talk about, you know. When it comes to blue collar and and middle class and upper and all that stuff like that, but look at the end of the day, that's what NASCAR was founded on. It it was, and you know, one of the things that racing that separates racing fans from stick and ball fans, right? And look, I'm a fan of 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 a ton of sports, but the reasons why I love those sports are all unique to those sports. Okay. Like I love football because I think it is the ultimate team game, right? I think football is one, it it is the greatest team sport there is. It it, it is, you know, however many people on the team, 11 people on the field, you know, offense, defense, whatever, that are all sacrificing something for a greater good. I think it's the greatest team sport there is, right? Right. I love baseball because I think the technical aspect of it, I love the history of it, even though it's been kind of messed up with the whole steroid issue and all that stuff like that. But I I love that aspect of it. I love the NBA because I think the athleticism and what those guys can do is incredible. And I love racing because of how it was started and what it was, right? And what it still is to this day when you look at, the grassroots level of racing, right? Where you can go get a car from a junkyard and turn it into a race car. Yes, it's not a cup car, right? It's not a, you know, World of Outlaws late model, but you're out there running out a dirt track or a little quarter mile pavement track, right? In your beat up street stock or bomber or whatever it is. Like, I love that aspect of it. And although NASCAR is the highest level of auto racing, in America, right? It should never lose that connection. It shouldn't. No. It just shouldn't. No. And and I think if if I could add a fourth one in, um, I would love to see the sport go back to the grassroots ways. To, to uh, get yeah, back to, to the grassroots of short track racing, not not all these cookie cutter racetracks. And what I mean cookie cutter, it's all these mile and a half. Yep. That's all you see on the schedule for the most part is all these mile and a half. And then, then the road course wave took over. And then, then you got the super speedway wave that's kind of taken over in a way. 
I would love to see them get back to short tracks, but first things first, you got to fix a car. Yeah. Car's got to be able to race at a short track, make passes, and have an exciting race, not not just some boring follow the leader in order to move a guy or pass somebody. You got to move a guy. I would love to see us go back. I mean, yeah, we're going back to North Wilkesboro, but we need to go back to more of these historical short tracks. I'd love to see him go back to Rockingham, mm-hmm. but I don't think we'll ever see it. I really don't. I mean, we, we see the historians of the sports preaching about it, like Kevin Harvick and, and Denny Hamlin and Dale Jr. And, and I'm glad that we have them guys in the sport because I, I feel like they're the only voice that speaks up when it, when stuff arises like this. Yeah, I'm with you. I would, I would like to see it. Um, you know, I do think we'll get, obviously it'll never be what it was, but I do think we can push closer in that direction. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I do think it, we will eventually. I just hope it's sooner rather than later. And, and it starts with this. This is going to piss some guys off, some people off. It starts with taking that dirt race away from the cup series. There does not need to be a dirt race. These cars, I yeah, don't I think hate, we're I very exciting. Race. The exciting part of the whole race is Briscoe making a Hail Mary run at um, Tyler Reddick. I mean, that was the most exciting part of that whole weekend, yep. I think, for the cup cars. Yeah. Um, Do it in the trucks, run. that's fine. But yeah, the, yeah, the truck yeah. races put on a good race at Eldora. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, the cup I, cars on dirt. Bury the beef with Tony Stewart. Take the trucks back to El- Eldora. They put on a better race there anyway. Yep. Um, and if you want to have the cup guys race on dirt, I know plenty of late model teams. Yeah. Put them in late models. Don't have yeah. them run those cup cars. Those bring, cup bring cars that. are not dirt cars. And I think that was the greatest thing. I think Tony Stewart's ever done as far as bringing the race car drivers together and bringing them out of their element, putting them in a different car was that prelude to the dream. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I, I used to, I loved the I loved Prelude it. to the Dream. I thought that was one of the coolest things ever that they did. And I would much rather see something like that than the and, cup and cars so, on the dirt at Bristol. And it got so competitive. Like, you've seen Kyle Busch reach out to uh, Scott Bloomquist mm-hmm. to run his cars and to learn from him about dirt. And, and I just think now with the new age of racing, I mean, you see these NASCAR drivers' kids racing on dirt now. Now's the time to bring the prelude back, whether it be at Eldora, at Bristol. I wouldn't do it at Bristol. I would not. Um, no. Or even like in Knoxville, Lawrenceburg, or Florence Speedway in Kentucky, either or. Yeah. I'm I don't like the aspect of them being on dirt. I mean, it's just, it's like racing in the rain. I don't like that either. Nope. Me neither. I don't. I don't like it either. So, so yeah. Well, one of the things you brought up there is a nice transition because that is actually going to be our first topic in hit or miss uh, when we come back in just a second after the break. So stick around. All right. So now it is time for our favorite portion of the show, hit or miss, as we have some statements. I basically come up with these throughout the week. I tell them to Keith. Keith says that they hit or miss the mark. So. Keith, you ready? Absolutely. Uh, hopefully the, the listeners have figured out that this is my favorite part. Yes, obviously. I'm sure they have. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, first up, like I said, we talked about this in the open. So uh, Steve O'Donnell was actually on with Corey LaJoy on Stacking Pennies, and they were talking about the next-gen cup car. And according to Steve O'Donnell, he said, NASCAR is focusing on improving the next-gen car for the road courses and the short tracks. Keith, is this the best thing that they can be doing this off season? Um, I, I want to say yes. Um, outside of the safety aspect, I think we've been beating that horse. Since yes, absolutely. Concussion. Um, outside of the safety aspect. Yeah. Like the car's got to be better on, on the road courses and short tracks. Cause let's be honest, coming into the season, me and Tommy both said, Man, these cars are going to be good on on the road courses, and they just they weren't. They were good, but they weren't what we were expecting them to be. I think they can be ten times better. And then let's face it, on the short tracks, they're just they're 
terrible. Yeah. I would rather watch the Xfinity cars or trucks on a short track than the cup cars. Um, so hopefully they, they do the right thing and they fix them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with happy you. to hear Steve O'Donnell say that they're, they're going to work on it. Yeah. But how many times have we heard this? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the interesting things that he said, and this was, uh, I was surprised by this. So the whole, you know, Garage 56, them going to Le Mans and stuff like that. Apparently, one of the cars there, I can't remember what car it was that they were referencing, but there was actually some uh, stuff that they kind of noticed, learned that they think they can actually implement onto the next gen car when it comes to the aerodynamics of it and stuff like that in terms of obviously we've been talking about road course racing but in terms of that um when it comes to the underbody uh you know diffuser underwing that type of thing so that was actually pretty pretty cool to hear them say that so you know the whole going to Le Mans you know Hendrick all that stuff like that if they could actually if they're actually going to learn something from that that would help improve the road racing that is definitely promising and then in terms of the short track stuff you know they're talking about um the tires obviously that's a big big deal um and then the shifting and you know the one thing with the shifting was that they were talking about was having to get with the engine manufacturers, you know what I mean? Because how, you know, the whole gearing and everything with the whole transaction and all the gearing and stuff like that was set up for these cars to be at 550 horsepower. And now you've got these, these 670 horsepower um, on this package. And these guys are, are just going through gears, right? Like, like nobody's business. So, you know, if they can eliminate the shifting um, you know, improve the the road course capabilities a little bit. Uh, you know, I definitely think the tire fall off is something that we want to see across the board. You know, um, you know, there was obviously mile and a half tracks where it was pretty good, but for the most part, all the short tracks and the road courses, it was just was not very good. And and that's concerning to me as a race fan. The tire fall off that we've seen at these short tracks was non-existent yeah and uh, usually that what, was the biggest factor what was it no gregson stayed out on 99 lap old tires and won yep that shouldn't happen never uh-uh ever ever and it, it don't matter if you're in a truck an xfinity car or a cup car it should never happen now and and this is where i think i can agree with kevin harvick a thousand horsepower where you can actually buzz the tires, because let's be honest, you can't do that in this new car right now. Can't. No. Uh. Uh-uh. You can't on iRacing, racing, but you can't in in real life. Um. So yeah, ho- hopefully they fix them to the good. I'm excited to see what kind of changes they make and what they come up with. Um. So far, it's been an exciting off season. It has been. It has been. So, gonna be interesting. Daytona's gonna be here before we know it. It's crazy. I know. Uh. <laughs> All right. So I referenced uh, Brian France being on the Dale Jr. download during that interview. He made comp. They were talking about some of the stuff that he had done, changes and things like that. And his comments about stage racing being a good thing to attract the casual fans in NASCAR is 100% wrong. Hit or miss the mark? Uh, I think it hits the mark. Yes. Um, I hate stage racing. Stage racing? At the ovals, that's fine. Whatever. It don't take that long to get the back. At these road courses, they need to scrap that whole idea because that's terrible. should never take five to ten minutes for the pack to catch the pace car. And then not only catch the pace car, now you got to make it a lap around the racetrack. And you got pit stops. That's another lap around the racetrack. Yep. And before you know it, you're 10 minutes into it. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. You, you've, you've already seen 12 commercials waiting for them to go green on road America. I feel like stage racing hurt road America because of how long it took. Mm-hmm. I hate the fact that they're leaving the cup side, at least is leaving road America. Because if you watched it on TV, the infield was packed. 
there was people everywhere. Um, that is a good thing to have. And then if you're the average fan watching from home, you don't want to sit and watch that. Who would want to? I wouldn't. Oh, but no. Uh-uh. Stage racing and, and road course racing, it, it don't belong. Now, you can get away with it at a Watkins Glen, but you can't get away with it at Coda. Road America. We haven't seen the street course. That, that could be a whole new animal. Yep. I just think in general, just take it away. Yeah, I'm with you. Stage points. Yeah, then just break it up and say you're going to get points. Whoever's leading at these at these specific markers, if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah, the road course stuff where they where they group them up and everything. I'm with you. It's too much, man. Um, I'm not a fan of stage racing just in general. I don't like it. I I I just start the damn race and go. Um, I get NASCAR's whole idea of wanting to get the group, you know, get them bunched up and have that, you know, have that 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 restart and everyone's there i get it but it's just not what the sport is to me you know so i i don't know call me stuck in my ways i guess i am guilty of that (laughs) we could be stuck with that caution clock they tried the truck series yeah that's true (laughs) that was terrible that's true yeah so (laughs) all right so uh another quote we got one more quote here from brian france so um Brian France said that his views on the car of tomorrow were a mistake and he was correct when he said that he should have gotten more input from the drivers and the teams for the COT's manufacturing. Hit or miss the mark? I think that hits the mark. And, and if he's talking yeah, about the 100%. old car tomorrow... Yeah, he's talking about the old car tomorrow. Terrible. Yeah, Freaking terrible. Um the the what was that? That was the Gen Five car, correct? Yeah, I think so. Gen yeah, two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like that. Oh, those were my favorite cars. And then you bring in this car tomorrow, and it it looked ridiculous. Had that big ass wing on the back of it. The big so splitter. Yeah, it's just it, it was, was like a foot wider. It looked like a yeah. box. It, it just it yeah. was horrible. Yeah, I hated that car, man. Um, you know, and that was really, you know, that car was kind of the, what ushered in the whole, you know, bump stop, uh, era where you had these teams spending millions of dollars trying to figure out the best way to use, you know, a $2 bump stop. Like it was just stupid, um, what was happening. So yeah, I, I, I agree with them. They should, they should have definitely taken more advice from the drivers and the, the teams because it was a disaster. And that quote could be used with this car. It could. You know, yeah, it, we're pretty fortunate that they took as much advice from the drivers as they did. You know, it, it could have been way worse had NASCAR just been like, no, 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 we're going to keep the, the horsepower and aero package. We're going to, you know what I mean? We're just going to keep keep what we got planned. Like, it could have been way worse. So, I, yes, I they could have taken more advice, more advice, but I'm glad they took the advice they did. Right, and I agree. But I, I wish... They would have took this past year and just implemented that into testing this new car and then bring the new car next season. But here we are. I, yeah, I would have liked to have seen them implement it the way that they did the COT. I think that's the only thing they did right with the COT was the way they implemented it, where they had that split schedule where it was like, hey, here's the deal. You're going to run the normal car for, you know, what was it, like 24 races and then the other. 10 or 12 or whatever it was, or you're going to be running the COT. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen them do that with this car where they had run the gen six car for, you know, 24 races this year. And then they ran the next gen car for the other 12. You know, I think that would have been a good way to implement it because I do think they could have figured out a lot of, you know, these issues and had them fixed and ironed out going into next year. But yep. yeah, I now they got a whole year of data. Hopefully this next year it'll be better. It'll be better than what it was. So, all right, moving on. So it was announced that Ty Gibbs is going full-time cup racing next year at Joe Gibbs Racing. Not a, not a shocker there. It was the worst kept secret in all of NASCAR. Um, but the decision to have Ty Gibbs drive the 54 car in the cup series next year instead of the 18 is a good way 
for Ty Gibbs to establish his own identity in the Cup Series? Hit or miss the mark? I think that hits the mark. Um, and, and I think I say this for all of Joe Gibbs Racing fans of the 18 number. Not, not of Kyle Busch, but of the number. The 18 number itself has some very big shoes to fill. I mean, you have the likes of Bobby Labonte, Dale Jarrett, mm-hmm. and Kyle Busch. And, and I think in a way for Ty Gibbs to put his own identity into it. And, and look, we've seen it in 2001 with Kevin Harvick. When, when Dale Sr. died, they brought in the same team, new number. Yep. And, and that was to help Kevin create his own identity, yeah. whether it was for the better or for the worst. And I feel like this will be good for Ty Gibbs because now it's his car, his number, his number that he brought from Xfinity. He didn't race trucks, so I can't say he used it in trucks. But in ARCA, same thing. Yep. Uh, I, I like this idea. I, lo- I like that they're, they're allowing Ty to run a different number. Now I'm curious to see what happens with the 18, whether they retire it or bring it back, or maybe RCR buys it from Gibbs and turns the eight to the 18. Yeah. I don't know. I know that as far as I know right now, JGR still has the 18. They are, they are keeping it. They own the number. Um, But it is done. They said it's, you know, it's not going to be full time next year. So whether they, maybe they have developmental drivers that come up and that's the car they run. I don't know. Maybe they don't run it at all next year. Who knows? But I'm with you. I like the idea that he's in a different number. Um, I know that that can seem so trivial, but it it's not. You know, you look at these drivers when it comes to their numbers and they're synonymous with it, right? I mean, if, if you're a fan of NASCAR and have been a fan of NASCAR for, you know, a while, right? You know, like me and Keith have, you know, we're talking... 25, 30 years, right? If I say the number 24, you think Jeff Gordon. If I say three, it's Dale Earnhardt. I don't care that Austin Dillon driving the three car right now. If I think the number three, I think Dale Earnhardt. I don't think Austin Dillon, right? It's the, you know, 48 is Jimmy Johnson. 43 is Richard Petty, right? Like that's just how it is. You know, um, when I think of the 28, I think of Davey Allison, right? Because that's that, that number, that Texaco number 28, like that that was the number synonymous with that car. Yeah. And right now, even though the 18 was a big deal for Bobby Labonte and he won a championship like that, the 18 right now is synonymous with Kyle Busch. It just is. You think the number 18 in cup, even if it doesn't have M&Ms on it, you're thinking Kyle Busch. So I like it. I think it gives the opportunity for Gibbs to kind of have his own brand, his own identity, which is a, a good thing, a big deal. Um it- and I, you know, it's, it's going to hopefully, hopefully, um, it'll allow him to kind of carve out his own, you know, space in the cup series. Yeah. And, and, uh, it sounds goofy, but look at the pressure that it would bring a young kid running the 18, knowing that it's got hundreds of wins with Kyle Bush. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I like it. Yep. Me too. Me too. All right, moving on to other driver news. Stuart Haas's decision to promote Ryan Priest to the Cup Series and demote Cole Custer to the Xfinity Series is the best thing for the future of the race team as a whole. Hit or miss the mark? If that hits the mark with, with a sledgehammer. It does. Not, not with a ball-peen hammer, with a sledgehammer. Because let's face it, Cole Custer, I like you. Ran a couple dirt races with you in the past, but you're not a good cup racer. Well, let's be honest. The race you won at Kentucky was fluky as hell. Yeah. Very fluky. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. But outside of that, I'm sorry. You ain't done nothing in the 41. It, it's either you're up in the front because of strategy. Hey, I get it. I like strategy. I'm a fan of it. But outside of strategy, you're mid pack car. Twenty best. best. Yeah, I think it so, was. He's got zero top fives. Yeah, since his, since you know in the last two seasons or something like that, two or three seasons. So, and and I've gotten in a couple arguments with some people about Cole Custer that I feel they should have made a move before this was even announced. 
And I always got the backlash of, well, his dad works in the company. I don't fucking care if he works in the company or not. If it's not good for the company, a move needs to be made yeah. to better that car. That's why I was big on Kyle Busch going to the 41, because it would have made that team better. It yep. would have made the 41 better. I mean, granted, yeah, you got Cole Custer there. What do you do with him? Well, you see what they're doing with him. They're moving him back to Xfinity. Why? Because that's where he was his best. Yeah. It gives him a better opportunity to win races and to win a championship and to maybe prove himself. Yeah, again. which is a good thing because, look, he's going to have another shot at the Cup Series. Let's be honest, right? Look at the drivers in Cup right now for Stuart Haas. Kevin Harvick's got one year left on his deal. And Gene Haas has said he does not think he's going to be able to sign him to an extension. Not that Harvick doesn't want to be there, just because Harvick's probably going to be done. He is the oldest full-time driver, you know, in the series right now. Um, Almirola, right? You know, pushed his retirement back, you know? So, I mean, what's he got? Two years. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's got, what, two years? So, you know, obviously... Briscoe is young. You've got Ryan Priest coming up. Priest is 32. I mean, he's obviously not going anywhere. But Priest has shown, obviously, a lot of potential. Um, there's some sponsorship stuff that is coming with him, too, which is always a big deal. I mean, let's be honest. Money talks. And if you are if you are talented and you've got potential and you're bringing sponsorship with you, I mean, that's just the trifecta right there. I mean, no, no car owner is going to turn that down. So what do they do with Cole Custer? Well, they send him to the Xfinity series, you know, and like you said, that's where he did his best. Send him down, have him run there for a couple of seasons, get some wins, get some, you know, I, to me, Cole Custer full-time in the Xfinity series next year in a Stuart Haas car, he should be a contender for the championship. Absolutely. Yeah. And, And let me say this. I think this is going unspoken. This is going to help Riley Herbst so much because he's coming back for another year in the 98. He struggled a little bit to last year, mm-hmm. struggled a little bit this year, showed a lot of promise. Riley Herbst can be a really good race car driver, and this is going to help Riley advance his career a little more to figure out this car a little better because Cole, Cole is a hell of an Xfinity racer. Yes, he is. Um, and and I love the move. I love the move. I'm glad Tony Stewart got his way because there's a lot of rumblings that Gene Haas did not want this to happen. No, he this wanted to keep Cole Custer in the seat. Yeah. This is a big Tony Stewart move, and I love it. I think Ryan Priest in a top-notch car like the 41 is, is going to be really good. I mean, we've seen what he did with JGR. We've seen what he did with the uh, Gill and guys in the mm-hmm. truck series. Yep. Uh, and I think what really helped Ryan Priest capture this ride is having Kevin Harvick in his back corner, helping push him to become a better race car driver. Because I don't know if you've watched any of the Stuart Haas videos of the Ryan Priest stuff, but Kevin was a big advocate for um, Priest coming to Stuart Haas as a test driver as a COVID driver, quote unquote. Um, and, and how ironic that he also represents Ryan Priest with his management company. I think this was, I'm not going to say that it was a home run. A home run would have been Kyle Busch. Yes. But that, I think this makes the 41 car better. It does. I do too. Because, I mean, look at the clash last season with Rick Ware, with Ryan Priest. Look how fast he was. Now, Flip side, I think he's going to make the 41 faster. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think overall this is a good thing for the team as a whole. Um, I don't think Cole Custer's career in Cup is over. You know, I think he's going to have another shot. I mean, look at A.J. Allmendinger, right? Years ago, A.J. Allmendinger was the new young guy in Cup and came up and couldn't do it and went back down. And now he's getting a Cup ride again. Right. And he showed to be one of the best Xfinity drivers out there. He showed this year and, you know, when it comes to road course racing in the cup series, he's probably the best road racer in the cup series. And they've got a lot of those on the schedule. Right. So that's a good thing. So, I mean, he's got his another shot. So yeah, I don't think this is the end for Cole Custer. I mean, he's what, 24, 23, like he's still in his early twenties. So yeah, he's younger. Yeah, he'll have another shot. So yeah, this this is obviously going to be a, a a blow to the ego, which sucks. But I think he'll he'll get another but, shot. Know, and this will be the best thing for everyone moving forward. 
as a racer, and you're a racer, when you get demoted, that's a gut shot. Oh, yeah. But, but you also use that as fire to fuel mm-hmm. your season next season. Yep. And we've seen what Cole did in the limited races that he ran with the 07. Yep. So, yeah, I don't, know, I don't think this will be the last time we talk about Cole Custer. No, I really don't. And, and, you know, far too often people look at failure as a negative thing. And failure can be one of the greatest things that happen in your life. It really can. Like, I cannot harp on that enough. You know, as someone who spent eight years trying to, you know, start a successful business and do all these things like this. And I had a lot of failures. You know, when you finally reach that point where you start seeing success, it's a constant reminder and motivator, right? It pushes you and it can be a good thing if you let it. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about losing your ride, right? You know, getting fired from a job, whatever. And so if, yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to be a definite gut punch to him. Um, but if he learns from it and, you know, moves forward with the right attitude and lets it motivate him, I think when he does get another shot in the cup series, I think we will see an improved driver, which will be a good thing. So I just pulled this up real quick for Cole Custer stats, his best points finish 25th. Yep. Or sorry, that was this year because he made the pace or whatever. I think when he won it. Kentucky, but it didn't last long. He has 12 top 10s. As a full-time cup racer in two years, 12 top 10s in a top ride is laughable. Horrible. It's laughable. Yeah. It's like, what are you even doing? You're you're wasting that spot for somebody that really, truly deserves it. And uh, I would have liked to seen Zane Smith get a call. I feel like Zane Smith is going to be the next big thing. Um, but, but we're also looking at a team that has two guys that's going to be retiring in the next few years. I feel like Cole Custer will be back with Stuart Haas. He just needs to be humbled a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love, the, I absolutely love the move. I love that Tony Stewart got his way with that because let's, let's be honest. Tony can see talent a mile away. He can, he can. And, uh, I think. I think Ryan Priest has got got talent, and um, hopefully, he uh, he has a an awesome uh, an awesome run next year. So, yeah. All right. Last one we've got here. We're going to the dirt side. Uh, as last night at Bakersfield, Timez back in his old stomping grounds in California scored the win in Bakersfield with six races left to go this season. Timez will score at least two more wins out of the next six hit or miss the mark. Who definitely hits the mark. I, I, I think, uh, I think Timez is going to catch a little bit of fire here while he's in his home state. And, uh, he he was fast as hell at Bakersfield, and then they're going to the Placerville. He's fast there. Yes, he said he's fast there. Ventura, he's fast there. And I think the biggest thing to it all is we're going to racetracks where he grew up racing at. Yep. So he's already got an upper hand mm-hmm. on how to race the place, and it helps that he's in a really fast car. I I could see him winning two of the three at Placerville. In, in maybe one of the ones that Merced and I, I got Ventura circled because I think he raced there a ton when he was in California. Yeah, Ventura is a a pretty a pretty popular track. Um, back when we were running Western States BCRA and stuff like that, Ventura Ventura Bakersfield was another one too that we ran quite a bit. Um, then he also had like Petaluma, uh, stocked in those tracks. So. Yeah, I mean, those are all tracks that um, I have personally seen him run at and, uh, you know, kick our ass at. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's only better now. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I do think he can pop off a couple more wins. It wouldn't surprise me. He always does good out here. Like you said, I mean, he this is where he ran for years. 
and he's obviously in one of the top rides too. So good combination to finish off the season. Uh, hopefully he can cap off a few few wins and uh, yeah, because I would I would love to see him go into uh, the uh, you know the indoor season with some momentum because uh, I would nothing would make me happier than to see Timez win the Chili Bowl. That would be freaking awesome. Will it happen? I don't know, but it would be it would be awesome. So would not bet against it. No, I wouldn't. No, he's he's good, man. He's good. Obviously, obviously one of our favorites here on the show. So so yeah. But that's gonna do it all for the hit or miss portion of the show. So you guys, that is going to do it all for this week's episode. We're gonna wrap it up. Um, a couple house cleaning things really quick before we do. Uh, next weekend or next week, um, we talked about it. We will be off next week because next week is Thanksgiving. Um, and then we'll be back on December 1st. And just so you guys know, moving forward, this is where we go to every other week. Um, so we won't be every week. We'll be going to every other week, uh, just because things get kind of slow. And then, like we said, um, last week, if, you know, something big happens or we got a big event, something like that coming up, then we'll do an episode, but yeah, just count on it being every other week, um, from here until probably February. So, so yeah, but Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. Have a good holiday next week. If I don't talk to you. Uh, Thanks you too. Hopefully yeah. you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Oh, we will. We will. It's I, my favorite, this is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite time I of the do. year. I love so, it. All the good food. Uh, mm-hmm. See a family that you don't really get to see a whole lot. I yep. can't wait. Yep. And not to mention, it's not hot, which I'm all about. So, Well, <laughs> uh, I'd rather it be hot now because now it's like really freaking cold outside. Yeah. See, luckily for me, I don't, I don't live where you live. We don't get 10 feet of snow. So... Well, fortunately, fortunately, we haven't seen 10 feet of snow in a very long time. And if we ever do, I'm going to package it all up and send it to you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. I I appreciate that. So you're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, everybody, that's going to do it. Have a good weekend. We will be back on, like I said, December 1st. Until then, I hope you all have an awesome holiday. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, make sure to download, subscribe, share comment, rate, review, all those good things. And if you do that, me and Keith will be back here again to do it all over again. So Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Thanks, you too. Everybody out there, take care.